LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. So Arya took her clothes off. The internet went bananas, which is kind of weird. I guess people hate naked people and sex and stuff now. But it's, uh, was, was it weird? I mean... It was fine, right? right. Was, People are all up in arms about it. I was fine with it. If Arya wants to get the D before she dies, she wants to I get the D. It. The you D get f- that D. The D from the B. You get that D. D from the Baratheon. All right, Arya, you get it, girl. She you got go, it. girl. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm fine with it. I get the people are like, oh man, it's like I saw her as a child. I'm like, yeah, a decade ago, you saw her as a child. Yeah, we've all seen everybody who bangs anybody ever as children. Like, move on. You, you haven't seen Drew Barrymore have sex with a million people in a million movies? Don't you remember when she was in Firestarter in E.T.? Okay. E.T. had sex with a bunch of people? No, Drew Barrymore. Oh, did she? sex with people in movies. She was just the first like actress I could think of that I knew as a young child. Yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah, here Daniel we are. Yeah, Daniel in the chat. She was not impressed. Yeah, I noticed that as well. It seemed like Arya like, boned him and then was like, eh, wasn't all as cracked up to be. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, he didn't really uh, stand to his reputation, I guess. <laughs> well, I Whatever that may be. I don't know. According to Cersei, Robert didn't know his way around a woman. And uh, Ooh, perhaps, I mean, that is his dad. It's possible that. Ooh, that's true. But here we are for a night of the Seven Kingdoms. And um, Yeah, that's right. The episode is named now. That's great. Yeah. They, they think they're so fucking cute with not naming the episodes. Do you know what I don't think that is? I don't think it's cute. If anyone cared. I think it's stupid. Yeah, I like, guess. I, I get it if you don't want to put it on IMDb ahead of time. But like when I click on the episode to watch it and it doesn't have the episode title, I think you're being a little too fucking cute. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Don't like it. I don't know why they do it. I guess they must believe that they must believe that there are episode titles coming up that are very spoiler heavy. I mean, they this wanna, is spoiler heavy in its own way. And they want to set the precedent early for like a big reveal. Like when the episode is called Jon Snow Dies in this one. Yep. The one where Jon Snow dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's just the way it's going to be, I guess. But um, so we watched the first episode. We talked about it. We talked about it being a set of being a filler episode. What are your, uh, what are your opening thoughts this week? I like this episode a lot better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it still had a lot of filler stuff, but I felt like it was more emotionally impactful. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was more true to a lot of the characters and it wasn't just like reunion, reunion, reunion. Um, and there wasn't like the cutesy stuff that we got in the first episode that I didn't like. Um, For example? Dragons flying. <laughs> right. Like yeah. like a Disney movie. Sure. Um, this I found to be... This, it, it reminded me of, you know, a war movie. Everyone's last night before they're going to go to right. war. It reminded me of, um, Aaron Fallon said this um, somewhere on the page, probably on the main comment thread, and she had uh, texted me about it too, that all, this episode felt like the episode before the, se- like the season finale. Sure. Like, this felt like the penultimate episode of a, of a show, or of, or of a season of a show. That's what it felt like to me, and uh, it made me excited for what's to come. I wasn't upset that we didn't get to the battle. I didn't feel like there was wasted time necessarily. I felt like everything we saw, we saw for a reason, and I feel like in a lot of cases that reason was so that we can love our people and that they can all be taken from (laughs) us on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Kara in the chat says, last week was the Brady Bunch reunion. This week is the Cheers finale. That's pretty good for you old folks out there. Oh, I don't know. I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Tony Piccolo says it was less reunions and more farewells. Exactly. 
Um, why we love the characters before their murder, just like I said. Yep, yep. Uh, that's a really good point by Tony. Less reunions, more farewells. I can dig it. Me too. It's really good. It, it felt very much like a war movie. Like you're you're about to go to war, or you're about to go do this thing, and what do you do when it's your last night on Earth, essentially? Yeah, right. And there's something about that that I find to be impactful. Yeah. Um, and I, I found it very emotional. Um, I almost cried twice when I was watching the episode, which I'm sure I'll discuss. Uh, Dean knows he was watching me like I was like a little bitch a couple times. Um, it, 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 it really was a lot of buildup and things between these characters that we've never gotten resolution on, that we've always wondered about, that I feel like to some degree we've gotten in a way um, with a lot of the interactions, mm-hmm. getting to see these people, you know, have what might be their final moments. Um, between each other. Yeah, absolutely. So. They had to pay off a lot of personal arcs before there is no more time, says Keith. That and is 100% the truth. Yep, I agree with that. And I, uh, I was okay with them doing it Yeah, in the uh, manner that they did. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's joining us in the live chat. We are uh, currently recording this Bad Larry on YouTube, which is kind of neat. So um, if you want to uh, hang out with people over there chatting, we uh, we actually moved away from Mixler. Mixler's still pretty cool. It still has some cool features um, one of them being you can listen to the episode without having the app open on your phone. I know a lot of people are kind of bummed about that with YouTube, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to slowly move into the YouTube space, um, although I think my timing's probably pretty shitty because they're getting a little weird with all their weird stuff, all their weird policies, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, I know that sometimes we will show the clips of the episode while we're talking about it. Sometimes those clips run a little too long and the episode gets yanked. But if you want to hear these episodes before they release, although there's not really a lot of lead time anymore because I get them out pretty quick, but they're they're instantly available on YouTube. But um, obviously I prefer you download the podcast. But if you want some interaction, if you want to be in the chat, if you want to participate in the chat and hear your name called out, and I know some of you guys like that. Yeah, and you do. Um, yeah, that's that's what you can do right we'll here. Call out your name. Right out, yeah. We sure will. Loud into the bitter watches Not of the calling night. Not any names, but anybody talking about giant milk though, so. Also, the interruption Bye, thing. Remember that that review we got where the guy said, hey, I like that podcast with that guy Dean and that chick who always interrupts him. Remember that mean person? No, I got to say about that guy? Sorry, bitch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he has a point, but um, but no, I'm kidding. Did remember when I um I yelled at everybody for the in for the um trying to join the yep, Facebook yep, group? Yeah, yeah, that was a great time. That was literally what he wrote, and I just clicked decline. I was like, "Do you think you're going to get into the group because you're like that's not funny? You're not being a funny person. You're being kind of a dickhead." <laughs> if it would have made a cool joke, it would have I would have got in, but it wasn't funny. It was just kind of mean spirit. I was like, "Eh, you're not getting the group." I don't care when people don't like me. It just makes me stronger, honestly. Wow. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, what are we doing? What are we doing? I'm diving into this shit. Okay. I'm getting crazy. Okay. I want to ask you, before we even go into this episode. Yes. I want to talk about it now. Okay. If you had to pick two people to not die at Winterfell, who would it be? To not die at Winterfell? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I think that, because I've changed my opinion on some people, if I think they're going to die or not. Um, because of this week's episode? Yep, yep. Because I would have said 100% Bran is not going to die um, before this week, and now I'm questioning that. Um, I think that Davos is going to live. Okay. And I think that Sansa is going to live. Okay. 
some of my other, or, or for example, all the people in the crypt that I thought were going to live and I picked to live in my, my pool I did at work. I think they're all going to die now. So. You, you're going into this theory that's been kicking around? A little bit. I saw a Twitter article that said, why the crypt is the most dangerous place in Winterfell? Um, no, I, I pick Gilly to die anyway, but I think Sam might die. All right. Anyways, um, I think Sansa's going to live and I think um, Davos is going to live. I would, I would feel pretty decent about their odds. Uh, at Winterfell? At Winterfell. At Winterfell, I say John and Sansa live. Yeah, John's obviously going to live too. I don't want to go with the easy one. Yeah. Um, I mean, Danny's going to live too. I, I obviously want the, the most bold, beautiful, handsome, and heroic knight of all time to live, Jamie Lannister. I don't know if he's going to. People think he's going to die. Um, maybe he will. Maybe maybe the, maybe the red herring death is, uh, is, is Brienne and it's actually Jamie who dies, right? Maybe Brienne doesn't die and Jamie does. No. You never know. Grant's going to die saving Jamie. I don't want to definitely do this the whole time, though. Okay. I just want a couple of quick things. <laughs> but um, let's go ahead and dive do you want to in. Go with who the definite dead people are. Can I get? Can I get three of those? Why don't we do it at the end? All right. I let's guess. um. Let's go ahead and and get to the episode proper. And let me just say, one of the cool things I like about this episode of television is. I think there is a little bit more emotional content involved in terms of the characters and where they were. And what they've done. And one of the things we've talked about a lot is one of the lines in this, I believe, Tyrion says to to Jamie is, imagine if father could see us now defending Winterfell, right? That that whole idea is something that I find pretty interesting because we get to see characters interact that normally would never interact. Like Tormund and, and Jamie Lannister. We, we never really would ever have a reason to see them interact. And it's just cool. Like as much as I like some of the reunions, I also really like some of the characters that are getting put together that don't normally have conversations. Daenerys and Jamie. I mean, we saw them kind of together at the end of last season, but, but really having a discussion, uh, really, really interacting with one, with one another. And that's something that I like. I like the reunions and stuff, and I think they're necessary. You can't not have reunions after this much time. But also, I think that the unexpected characters getting together, we get a chance to see not just the characters, but how the actors perform, what kind of chemistry they have with one another. And that's something that I really like. Like the uh, the Tormund, Jamie, Bran threesome. Yeah, exactly. Like the way that they look each other and interact and the almost like one-upsmanship a little that Tormund's doing and how like Bran like looks to Jamie and like Jamie is just almost oblivious of what's really happening. Right. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. It's it's interesting that they were willing to touch on that dynamic of like Brienne perhaps being in love with Jamie mm-hmm. and Tormund being in love with Brienne in his own way and Jamie caring for Brienne but in a different manner. Uh, one of the things I love about Jamie now, and, and I'm going to talk a lot about Jamie right up until he dies, even though I don't think he's going to, but that could just be denial, is that ever since he killed Ares Targaryen and ever since he was labeled a Kingslayer ever since he was labeled so harshly by Ned Stark and a bunch of other people who were open rebellion against him, by the way. I think pride for him is something that he's kind of set aside. You wouldn't say pride is one of Jamie's deadly sins, which is why I like him. And he doesn't worry about getting into a pissing match with Tormund Giant Spain. He doesn't, he's been humbled and humiliated so many times at this point that he doesn't allow that type of thing to bother him, which is one of the things I like about him. 
and, and it's almost culminated when he decides he's going to knight a woman, right? Tywin would never have gone for something like this. Um, hell, Ned or, or even Robert probably wouldn't have either. Uh, maybe in these circumstances they would have, but it's almost like he he is. There's almost like a, a middle finger at tradition from from Jamie in, in a bit of a, I mean, he was fucking his sister for crying out loud. He was considered a king killer, and um, I think he just sort of came made peace with that <laughs> a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I. That's one of the cool things I like about this as well. Uh, I was. It's exciting to see. It's, it's exciting for me as a Jamie fan, and, and I'm and I'm being subjective here to see Jamie break the tradition and knight a woman as it is for a woman as Brienne to be knighted. I think both of those things are great that Jamie did it, that she got to receive it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome because there is an honor to him and, um, and, uh, it matters to her and it's, and it's just a, it's just, it's, it is a, a big part of this episode for me. It's fucking called a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms for a reason. Yeah, call her Bran's gonna die next week. But it's not an easy uh, introduction for Jamie, is it? He has to uh, stand here and uh, and really hear it from uh, Danny. And in, in Jamie's literally his only saving grace is Bran. He would be dead if it was not for Bran. Yeah, he'd be in trouble for sure. He'd be dead. They would actually. There is no way they would not. He didn't bring the army that was promised. Danny hates him. Sansa hates him. John hates him. Mm-hmm. If Bran isn't there to vouch for him, Jamie is dead. She saves his life in this moment, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. And he and he's saved her honor, as as we learn in this very scene. Well, I don't think we learn. I think we learned that when it happened. Well, of course, all those episodes ago. Of course, yeah. <laughs> the other the the people wielding the axe, so to speak, learned it more importantly, right? I, but this is another thing I like about Jamie. Jamie, uh, there's an honesty to him, which is fascinating. He's just like, yeah, we're at war. What do you want me to tell you? That's, that's what happened. I would do it again. And, and you're like, ugh, he's kind of talking himself into a grave, but he's not, you would never call him a coward. He does, he has, we've seen outside of shoving Bran out a window and shit, we've seen him conduct himself pretty honorably. And it, you're like, somebody pleases. And we're like, oh, cool, Brienne's here. Where was she last week? I don't know. It's a good thing she's here this week, though. She was here last week. We didn't really see her yeah, much. Yeah, but we saw her existence. Anyway, this scene, talk to me about it. Um, well, you know, just basically, like I said, they, I feel like Brienne essentially saved Jamie's life in the scene. Uh, I like Petulant Danny, who's like, I want things to go my way. And keep going. Um, Sansa is not going to have that and she's going to go against what Danny wants and John is going to back Sansa mm-hmm. and Danny does not like that shit. So <laughs> again, we're seeing this disconnect more and more so between Danny and these people she's supposedly um, working with, you know? Yeah. I, I felt that, I felt that for sure this week. That's, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about too. You know, as, as Sansa saying, you know, you attacked my family in the streets. I think Danny's like, nice. Yeah, Danny's pumped about that we're, shit. We're going to see eye to eye on something. And and I almost feel like, and from a political standpoint, this would be a, like a very big double victory for her. She gets to align herself with Sansa and oust one of uh, the, the murderer of her father. I think she was pumped about it. And then it just kind of tumbles away. But did you like brand, uh, little brand droid? The things we do for love. Yeah, that's okay. I wasn't mad. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I wasn't mad about it. <laughs> it was like, it almost like doesn't fit at all, but I wasn't mad. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. But Bran stands up and, um, and, and Danny doesn't like that too much. Bran's so tall, honestly. Yeah. Like Jamie's like a pipsqueak. Right. But 
I like that we see truthfully the only person Sansa trusts, even ahead of John, is Brienne. Is Brienne. I think that's smart of Sansa. I think that she has learned a lot and her not trusting John, her trusting Brienne more than anybody is smart. Brienne has proven herself to Sansa. None of these other people have. Family is family and blood is blood to whatever degree, but Brienne has proven herself. Mm-hmm. And in, in a time like this, what can you do other than trust the people who have proven themselves? Right. There's also a power dynamic present between John and Sansa that exists in John's favor, whereas the power dynamic between Brienne and Sansa exists in Sansa's favor. And that's also a factor, right? There's she doesn't know what John's going to do. And, 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 and when they butt heads, it's like, who has the authority here? And that's tough. And we've seen John, I mean, John relinquished his, his title of King in the North and he, he didn't talk to Sansa about it. And, and he never felt the need that he had to, and I'm not faulting him for that, but that's a problem. If you're Sansa, that becomes a, gee, I, I can't trust this guy. Totally trust him. Like I can Brienne. For sure. Yeah, for sure. But, um, it's uh, it's it, the other thing that I, I I kind of feel like I'm seeing in this episode is the effects of Sansa and some of her leadership and the way people react to her and the way it maybe sits with Danny. Like that's kind of a dynamic I wanted to talk to you about and see what your thoughts were on it. Like when when I'm jumping the gun a little, but when when Theon comes back outside of the emotional moment, there we don't. We don't really see that so much with Danny. Like we see people wanting to come and, and do something for Winterfell, do something for Sansa and the Starks, but we don't see that with with Danny. We see the opposite. Grey Worm's like, when this is done, I'm out. Right. Versus I'm gonna stay and be loyal to her. He's like, I want my own fucking life. And that's why I like the Grey Worm scene a lot. So I've I've kind of seen this dynamic like People are going out of their fucking way to put themselves in danger for Sansa. And some people are like, when this is done, I am out. I am done. And Grey Worm has been a trusted guy for forever. And yes, he's going to probably die fighting for Danny, which is- Probably. <laughs> which is unfortunate. <laughs> the first person who's going to die next week, please. Which is unfortunate. But at the same time, it's also like when the war is done, he's going to say, release me. I, I want out. And, and, and that's something that has just been sitting with me. Like we saw- Samuel, we saw the way he reacts to learning about his father's and brother's death. And that's, that's not good. That's tough to rule people when, when they feel this way about you. And I'm not saying Sansa, everyone loves Sansa, but I'm just saying there, there seems to be this, this, this really different polarizing way that the people view each of them. And, um, and yeah, it is different. You, you could argue Danny was liberating Essos. When she comes to Westeros, she feels like an invader to these people. And, uh, it, and I just think it's, I think we're seeing it sort of unravel slowly. And I'm curious as to what that's going to mean and, and, and how that's going to turn people and what they're going to think as things heat up and, and the stress really starts coming down. For sure. Pretty awesome. What do you want to talk about next? I don't know. What's next in the line? We can just jump right to the next scene. Okay. Why don't we go to, um, there's the, <laughs> there's more stuff between Tyrion and Danny. Yeah, Danny's pissed at Tyrion, blah, blah. I'm so over Danny. Mm-hmm. She's the worst part of the show now. Sure. It's funny how we turn on people so quickly. But, but <laughs> do you, you have to quantify your opinions. You're on a podcast. I demand you tell me why. You can't just say she's garbage. You have to tell me. Uh, well, I've been saying why she's been garbage since we started uh, doing this podcast last week. True. Um, she's garbage because she's pissed at Tyrion 
for, well, we were pissed at Tyrion for the same things. But she also has to understand that, like, no one's perfect. Everyone's working for her. And she needs to, to you know, buck up when it comes to Tyrion because a lot of people are not on Danny's side and don't want Danny to be the ruler. And Tyrion's someone who has her back and wants to fight for that for her. And he has sway and does know how to handle people. So she needs to do what Jorah tells her to do later, a.k.a. boyfriend, my boyfriend, Jorah, and, like, relax and realize that she needs him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Keith says she's been garbage for five years. Hard to disagree. Yeah, she has been garbage <clears throat> for five years. But, but I'll say this. It, it's called Drogo died, honestly. I, I um, th- there was, when? Well, no, I think, I think Danny peaked when she stopped, when she got past Viserys, when she got past Cal Drogo, when she became her own person. And, and really started to do shit in Essos and liberate people. That yeah, was in, in, that garbage. was interesting to me. Um, that was cool from a character growth arc standpoint. But, but, I cared about the politics from a story standpoint. And as a fan, I cared more about the, the, the seven kingdoms than I did about Essos way more. It was just way more interesting, cooler characters. Cause uh, Essos doesn't matter overall to the greater co- co- point of the story. Correct. And that's, that's part of the problem. And I, because Danny's garbage. And I kind of feel like she becomes an invader. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if I really want her here. You know, I'm kind of over the whole thing, but um, yeah, I, I like that we're seeing this. And it's funny because we think back on this. Anybody trusting Cersei for anything was a fool. Danny included. Yeah, 100%. They're all idiots. We said this last season, didn't we? We did. What a bunch of idiots. What a bunch of idiots. We see uh, in the next scene, we have Arya talking to uh, Gendry. Yeah. Um, you know, flirting with Gendry. Feeling I, him out. Doing a little flirting. I'm like, oh, Arya, okay. <laughs> all right. I see. I see you. I see you, girl. She's like, uh, well, my father seems to be fond of you Baratheons. She's very flirty. She's very like um, confident in a way that Arya has never really been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it's guess it's like she's murdered people and become an assassin. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's like what has happened to her and the changes she's made and being able to, you know, start killing these people on her list or whatever has made her like a confident woman who wants to bone some dudes. <laughs> bone some dudes. <laughs> One dude in particular. The, the I mean, for now we don't know if she's going to pick some other dudes. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. She didn't look satisfied at the end. You don't think so? It was her first time. Give, yeah. give him another chance, Arya. Mm-hmm. No one's first time is good. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, she waited till she was twenty-two. So there you go. Her I think father her character is supposed to be. But what do you think Ned thinks of this union? I think he loves it. Yeah, I think he's smiling down from wherever whatever religious thing they do in Game of Thrones. He's like, oh. Robert, look at them. The old look God. at them. Hey, Robert, stop my side out of a fucking beer. <laughs> what we always dreamed of. You just... They, I just uh, never thought it would be Arya. It'd be cool if they cut away from, like, her face to, like, the Force Ghost, Ned and Baratheon, uh, Robert, and they just clank mugs together. Force Ghost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clink, and they swig it down. But, oh, that'd be amazing. I mean, Robert would be more okay with it than Ned, for sure. Ned would be, Ned, I Ned think was that, a I mean, Ned probably doesn't want to see him bang. We probably would like them as a, as a couple. Maybe, yeah. So, same. He would probably want to, if Robert had that claim, if, if Gendry had that claim to the throne, he'd be all about it. He'd probably try to marry Sansa to her, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Told. He'd probably be like, oh, it's weird that it's Arya. <clears throat> oh, oh. Yeah. So. But um, she's uh, got getting, you know, 
she uh, she does a little demonstration with her ability to throw bladed weapons, which is cool. Yeah, and that turns Gendry on a big time. He is into that life, okay? He's going to make her weapon now, don't you worry. Yeah, He's making that weapon. It's more like a fear of death, I think, at this point. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It was totally a sexual thing. Rewind and look at his face again. Got it. 100%. Speaking of sexual stuff, did did Jamie purposely comb his hair like Braun before I went to see him? Yeah, obviously. What's with his dumb, dumb mo hair from the fucking Three Stooges? This is the ugliest Jamie has been this season, and this season has been the handsomest Jamie has ever been. The whole show. You, this scene, right? Because he has his hair no, this like- this is the worst, yeah, all, all season. He has his hair like cropped, like it's got the, he's got the bran hair. It looks like that bowl cut that That's like people saying. had when they yeah. were like younger, you know? <laughs> He's like, I cut my hair for you. Do you forgive me for pushing you out that window and having sex with my sister in front of you? <laughs> I made, I cut my hair for you this way. I, the things we do for love, Bren. Um, I just keep thinking back to, remember when, the the first episode of the show, just Jamie and how he looked and how young and like brash and like unthoughtful he was when he pushes Bran out that window like it's fucking nothing. You know what I mean? And how different it is and how far we have come. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is Jamie's handsomest uh, season. I don't know whose person is in the cat. Serial killing you one, but I like you. <clears throat> I like your username, and I like your opinions on how Jamie looks. So, just made a new friend. But essentially, what we come down to is Jamie wondering, he just flat out says, why didn't you tell them? And he's like, well, if they murdered you before <laughs> before you helped us fight the dead, then that wouldn't do us much good. And Yeah. Brent's like, again, doesn't matter. Literally, doesn't matter. You push me out a window when you're boning your sister at this point. The dead are coming. Let's move on. But he's, but you know, it, the, the point is, I'm not that same person. And he's like, correct. If you hadn't pushed me out the window, you would still be that person and I would still be Brendan Stark. But not anymore. I'm a thread raven in a chair. Now I'm a robot. I am. Merle. But um, the, uh, the, the, the Tyrion's, the, the Tyrion and the, and the Jamie reunion walking around as, uh, as Northmen spit at the ground. Yeah, yeah. Not too happy with these guys, are they? No, but honestly, what do they expect at this point? I don't think they're surprised, and I think that um, it's it's what's to be expected of their circumstance. Right. Because even at the end of the day, them coming and fighting for Winterfell, they're still on Team Danny or whatever. Right. Uh, there's a moment, too, right after that man spits and the masses rejoice, where uh, Jamie has that old-school Jamie... Uh, like kind of laugh it off. He, he's always been the laugh, laugh it off guy, right? He's always had that about him. And I just like that. I like the way he laughs it off and he's just like, ah, don't, whatever. But he asks, I like when he asks Tyrion because I think he's gauging Tyrion here when he says, well, how do they like their new queen? Because he knows Tyrion has shown he's loyal to Danny. He's her hand. And I think Jamie still kind of finds this a bit amusing. And he asks, what about the new queen? And you know, Tyrion is, he's like, no, I, I, she's, she's good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. Yep. She's your new queen too. That's what they think. That's what everyone seems to think, but a little they know John's really their new queen. So Ooh. a little, uh, a little, a little shout out here to the, uh, to the, some of the book lore. Last time dragons came this far North. Of course, we know that, um, the Starks bent the knee to the dragons last time, but, um, that's true. Yeah. It's a valid point. So she told me the pregnancy had changed her. A chance for you both to start again. And I believed her. Well, you're an idiot again, but whatever. We were talking about that last, that, that last week. Mm. But this gets into, there There are some people who think, uh, I'm, I, I've, I've read this somewhere, 
But do you think there's any part of Jamie still loyal to Cersei? Mm, I don't know if he's necessarily loyal to Cersei anymore, but I'm sure he's loyal to have his unborn child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. All his children are dead too. Cersei's not the only person who lost all her children. So did Jamie. Right. Absolutely. So I think because of that, there's something there. Right. And it's and it's brought out a little bit here, right? Where he says, "You, she never fooled you. You knew exactly who she was, and you loved her." Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the thing. Jamie was never fooled. Jamie did know the real Cersei, yet he loved her anyway. Which is makes Jamie. Ugh. I mean, love's not really a choice, so to speak. Right. Um, sure. The way you conduct your life, of course, is, but he felt the way he did about her and um, knew very intimately about her and what she was about. And uh, that's, um, yeah, that's the way it's, that's the way it is. Jamie's dead next week, Nathan says. Nathan, you're getting a little ahead of yourself. I don't think we can kill Jamie in episode three. I don't know. Um, Cindy M says Jamie needs to sue for custody of that kid. He's better find the best lawyer, okay, in all of Westeros. I He's going to get that kid. I think Varys could find some good lawyers. I feel like Varys should be a lawyer. Yeah, you're probably right. It'd <laughs> be amazing. <laughs> Trial by combat. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I like some of these shots from the ramparts of Winterfell up on the castle wall. Of course, him seeing Brienne and going down to talk to her. And um, just some of the uh, tracking shots here of all the men working. It just looks so cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting because... They aren't the greatest army of all time, but they're all working at it. You know, it makes you think of any scene from any show where it's like, everyone's getting ready for battle. It's a bunch of shitty people that suck. Like, mm-hmm. not saying that they're all shitty people that suck, but I mean. I want you to know right now that Ned Stark's force ghost is glaring at you. Well, too bad, sir. Um, it's it's just, is it, they're, none of them are ready. Right. That's That's what it is. Yeah. You can feel it. The tension is just so palpable. With everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I think, and I appreciate you pointing it out because it, it's made me think about this. We've, we don't always see it only with the Night King, I feel like, and, and I'm sure someone will correct me in the chat, but I feel like only with the Night King are those times where you feel like you're, you're kind of waiting for this juggernaut to come smash you and you don't have anything to do about it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always been, I always feel like it hasn't been that way with some of the other battles. Like with Danny, it was never like, oh my God, she has this unbelievable juggernaut that she has to stop. She was the fucking juggernaut. Right. And we, and we always, I I never felt this way. Like obviously some of the way the early season battles were done, had some budgetary restrictions, but even when Rob fought Jamie, right. We only see the aftermaths of those battles. You never felt like there was just unstoppable, like crushing force coming for you. And it's only ever been with the Night King. Anytime it's the Whites, you're just like, God, we're just waiting to be smashed here, right? It's it's nuts. Even even when they attacked the wall, right? We were like, well, we we have the wall, <laughs> but this just feels so much more grim. I think it also, obviously, there's the meta aspect of this reality, which is we know it's the end of the show. So I think we're conditioned because of that reality to feel more grim towards the end of the show coming. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty crazy. It's it's a uh, it's a dreadful feeling for sure. Mm-hmm. But what does what does Brienne say to Jamie here? She basically says, "You're not going to fight under my army. Get out of here." Why are you still? Is that what you wrote down? <laughs> <laughs> I write anything down. <laughs> I take notes. <laughs> nice. Um, basically, you're definitely she's... going the Matt route. 
<laughs> you literally told me you never take notes now, and I always take notes, so shut up. Um, it's There's this weird dynamic between them because Jamie's treating her with a respect that she is not used to, and she does not know how to respond to it because of her feelings for Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, so him being not honest and genuine mm-hmm. and respectful of her, she doesn't know how to handle that. She's like, okay, can you make fun of me now? Right. Can we go back to the thing that I know? I don't know what to do. Right. It's human. It's, it's, and I like it. Yeah. She's conditioned to have to deal with his smart mouth, basically, which is what it was always. You want to get his hand chopped off. Getting his hand chopped off is one of the things that led him to his smart mouth because of that. Mm-hmm. But um, an unlikely, uh, an unlikely man on Jorah Mormont decides oh. that he's going to, uh, he's going to champion Tyrion. And you know what? I like this one because I like the respect that Jorah has for Tyrion mm-hmm. um, from his times he spent with Tyrion. And two, because despite the fact that Tyrion is her hand, despite the fact that she has sent Jorah away numerous times, that he has betrayed her, everything that he has done, um, she still trusts him completely and listens to what he says. She takes what he says to heart. She listens to him. Mm-hmm. His words hold value for her. And you know what? Most people's fucking don't. Know why? Because she's garbage. <laughs> she's a gar- She's a trash queen? She's a trash queen. <laughs> Jora, you know she what? She had a though? nice outfit, though. You know what? Oh, she has a nice outfit. Look at Jora's outfit. It's pretty good. He's the handsomest man I've ever seen. Ever? I want to make out with him a little. Wow. Like, look at that fur. I want to pet it. <laughs> <laughs> she's a trash queen. Yeah, he's with the trash queen. Like, get out of here. Isn't this Mormon style, though? Jorah Mormon's always following the trash ladies. Then his la- One of the issues, I believe, in, in Jorah's past was his wife was, like, too bad. Like, basically blew all their money all the time. Which Jorah is- had a wife once? Yeah. Oh, my God. That bitch let him go? Yeah. I, I can't I, even. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were married. And I'm pretty sure it came down to, like, one of the reasons the, the whole slavers thing came up was because of the money issue. Oh, my God. He's like, sorry, my wife needs new shoes, lads. <gasps> Put the manacles on. Oh, my God, this bitch. I hope someone killed her. I hope she's dead. It would someone be get, get awful if I had to wear a piss yellow tunic someday. Someone let me know if his wife's yeah. dead, because I'd really like that. Jorah's wife was also half his age. Yeah, of course, because Jorah's smoking hot. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, she was a ding-dong. <laughs> And now look at now he's got another trash lady he's got to deal with. I wish he could find like a really good girlfriend that like loved him. Like Miss me. Carrot coming in hot with the jar is gonna kill Danny. Wow. I would that would now that's called a hot take. That'd be the and sexiest gentlemen. thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hot take. <laughs> this chat is just full of people dying today. <laughs> okay. We don't like Danny in this chat. Let's but yeah, by the time I, by the time I'm done rereading the chat, everyone will be dead. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna fucking kick that little girl with the burn scar's head off. It's gonna be great, man. So metal. You're definitely die next week. <laughs> oh, someone likes Danny. Get out of the chat. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. Just gotta, gotta stay away from the trash chicks, man. Come on, Jorah. Oh, Jorah. He needs a nice noble woman. Can't we find him a nice girl? A real nice girl. Not this freaking unlawful queen. Yeah. Come to find out. It's not a lawful queen. Huh? Get Varys the goddamn lawyer on that All one. Oh, the friend zoning and leading Jorah she has done over the years. <laughs> I can't have this. 
She's like, you stand out there and listen while I bang this Ray LaMontagne looking fellow. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Remember when, remember that time where Darian choked Shay to death? <laughs> Let's do it again, baby. <laughs> good night, Danny. Jesus. I love a good choking, okay? <laughs> yeah. Shay really, Shay went all rat though. She should have went into witness protection, that one. <laughs> Instead, she went all rat on Tyrion. And we always, you know, if you watch mafia movies, you know what happens to the rat. The yeah, rat gets we'll swim got. in the fishes. That's right. Or strangled by the midgets. <laughs> or they get a good old choke. Dwarfs, pardon me. I don't mean to offend. Anyway, that was a lot of fun right there. Oh my God. We're finally here. I think we're warmed up 20 minutes in. So, um, question. Yeah. Ooh, answer. Let's talk about um, let's talk about the meeting between the queens. Oh yeah, Sansa is my other favorite character right now. Like it's different than my love for like Jorah and like all my boyfriends. But like if I was gonna have a girlfriend, it would be Sansa. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's just be honest here. Um, Sansa's the best fucking character on the show right now. Fight me, okay? Come at me, chat. I love this interaction between her and Danny, where she's trying to be respectful to Danny and Danny just like gives into it where she's like, I love your brother. He manipulated me. <laughs> Let me hold your hand. And then Sansa's like, this was a cute talk. I'm glad we're girlfriends and I braided your hair. Now, what are you going to do with Winterfell? Thanks, bitch. By the way, Sansa is looking at her with daggers. The half-closed eyes, pale, cool blue, burning a hole through her face. And Danny has those... I just want to be loved eyebrows. You know the ones I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I just, we'll show them to the YouTube people. She has the I just want to be loved eyebrows, that mm-hmm. whole scene. And uh, I'll tell you, boy, it doesn't. Uh, it, it, in the way Danny interacts with Sansa, it's so clear that Sansa has the fucking upper hand. Like, I'm sorry. Also, a side note on that scene Jan Royce looking to Sansa before he's dismissed. Not the queen of the seven kingdoms. Yeah, they're not fucking around with this. That's guys. what I'm saying. No one That's gives another, a shit about this trash queen. It's, it's, it, exactly. It's not. It's it's another example. It's another example of what I was trying to like sort of articulate earlier when I said observe the way people respond to her and the mm-hmm. way. I'm, now you could say if the tables returned, they were in Essos, they would be looking to Danny and not Sansa, right? But but that's the point. They're in Westeros. They're in the place where Danny feels like she's the rightful ruler, right? Yeah. And, but Jan Royce is loyal to Sansa, just like yeah. it was loyal to, to, to fucking Littlefinger there before he was throat cut. No and, one's loyal to this blonde bitch, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, that outfit's pretty solid too, by the way. That, Who, uh, Sansa's? Yeah, like yeah, we that. all love Sansa's yeah, dominatrix gear. We sure do. Well, Fifty Shades of Grey action going on here. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's, um, ugh, Sansa plays this so well. The whole time she's... The whole time she is manipulating Danny, and it's fantastic. <laughs> this is the poem. This is where some of uh, her time with Cersei paid off. I bet, right? And probably her time with Littlefinger. Yeah, that's no true. No one wants to give Littlefinger any oh, credit for Sansa's manipulation. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is Cersei. It was Cersei. It was Cersei." You don't think this bitch learned shit from Littlefinger, one of my former boyfriends, and then not boyfriend, and then boyfriend, and then not boyfriend? She did. I'm okay? glad he's dead. Not me. Good I'm lord. Miss Day. Mayor Carcetti. Do we need to go back to the episode where he died? <laughs> we wrote Wait, a eulogy for him. <laughs> we might have to go back to that one. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is the moment. She just has the when you look at at Sansa the way she's looking at Danny, it is just oh, it's small, it's just simmering. And Danny just has the love me eyebrows. Like I want you to love me and appreciate me. Yeah. Don't you see how pretty I am? 
Mm-hmm. I birthed dragons one time. Think Sansa gives a shit about your dragons? Let's let's actually talk about the real dialogue, though, not the imagined story we're written in our heads. Yeah, I I told talked with the real dialogue. Oh, I love John so much. And so I realized he might be king. Then I don't love him anymore. Right, right. Yeah, this is where Danny. What, what do you think of what Danny's saying here? Do you think she's being honest no. when she? You think she's trying oh, no. to lie to Sansa? No, I don't even think she's trying to lie to Sansa. I think she's saying what she thinks is right and what is true, but it's not. Like, I think she thinks... Self-deception? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Ex- elaborate. I think that she thinks, Danny, that she's in love with John and that she's doing all these things and that John manipulated her and she's doing what's right. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. All she's doing is being power hungry, but she can't admit that to herself. So she admits, says this other stuff to herself, but it's not true. Right, right. Scott in the chat says, Danny could have played this better and said the North could be a steward to the crown. That's kind of what they do already, I think, though, Scott, as far as the lore goes. I think it's, you become warden of the North. Like, Ned Stark was the warden of the North because the, prior, prior to the conquest of the Targaryens, everyone was a king. King in the North, king in the South, king in the West, king in the East. And then under the Targaryens, they be, there, there was one king, right? There was the Iron Throne was constructed by the fires of Balerion, I believe. And then, of course, after that happened, they were like, okay, I am the only king, right? And then it became, you are a warden, you are steward warden, same difference. I think that's kind of the point. I think, I think Sansa's saying, we don't want to be a warden anymore. Yeah, we want to be the North. The North. We are our own people. Um, what, I think what Sansa's saying is they don't want to go back to what Ned Stark was, which was a warden in the North. They want the North to be their own different thing. Correct. They want it to be pre-Targaryen um, conquering. Mm-hmm. Aegon the Conqueror, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what the, I think that's kind of what they're saying. Yeah. They don't want to bend the knee again to another Targaryen, especially after their fathers rebelled against one. Mm-hmm. Touche. <laughs> Keith, maybe wait till after the Night King is dead before asking. That's hilarious. Yeah, touche. But um, this meeting turns a little bit south. We mean south. Well, she the hand withdrawal. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, no, a poignant, that's a poignant moment. Danny realizes that she got manipulated. Oh, whoops, Danny. Well, it's the moment where she says, we said we'd never bow to anyone again. Now, do you think that's Danny recoiling from Sansa or thinking John wasn't honest with her? Oh, no, she... She don't give a shit about John. Okay, so you think it's you think it's her being like what? Am she I was like, oh, I thought I had Sansa. Yeah, I think you're right, and I don't. I agree. She does not care about anybody but Danny. Word. If this show wants to try to sell me a love story or anything different, you're making a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Show. Yeah, I think they could set it up to where a Danny death could be pretty tragic if they if they set it up right. We go, wow, holy shit. Like what a, I, I, I'm under the, I'm under the impression, I know I'm saying this a little early, but I almost feel like a sacrifice by Danny to save, to, because all she's talking right. about is liberating Westeros. If she truly was going to liberate Westeros in a very poetic fashion, it would be dying while killing the Night King. That would be really cool, right? Because then she really, really would have given all to save Westeros. I don't think she's going to do that though. Yeah, we'll see. So this is a great, great moment for, for you. I know this was pretty emotional and impactful. I thought it was really something. Yeah, this made me cry pretty much. I'm not going to lie, guys. Uh, this Theon thing, really. Uh, um, Theon's a really interesting character. Sure and is. what the show has done with Theon um, from making him 
just a character and then someone you hated and then someone you sort of felt sorry for, but you still hated and you wondered if he could ever get his redemption story. And in the idea that maybe him, you know, running away with Sansa and stuff, like helping her get away and all that would be his redemption story. But I think this is really it here. Um, everything that he's gone through to get to this point, um, you know, from being raised by the Starks to betraying them, to coming back to, to give his life to them rather than, the Ironborn, his people, the Greyjoys. He, Theon was never a Greyjoy. He was always a Stark. And at the end of the day, he's, he's, he's back to do this. He wants to fight for Sansa. He wants to fight for Winterfell. He doesn't want to fight for Danny. It's that same idea. But Sansa's reaction, seeing him back there and his reaction to her into Winterfell, which is his home. Mm-hmm. This is his home. The Iron Islands is not Theon's home. This is it. Yeah. And all the awful things he did and it, it it just it was this was so emotionally impactful for me and so well done and I never thought a scene if you would have asked me during fucking season two or three when I hated Sansa and Theon if I would be emotionally moved by a scene uh, that is essentially yeah, the story point. of the two of them um, I would have laughed in your face and um, I thought this was this to me and I I know Brand being knighted is is the big thing in this episode but this to me was was so incredibly emotionally impactful and i i thought they did such a good job and elfie allen is a really good actor he's a really really good actor sure and 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 so is sophie turner like theon Greyjoy is is a very interesting character he's had a like you said so many complicated things and and for those of you who forget one of the reasons he was with the starks was because of the Greyjoy rebellion where balon Greyjoy decided meh Fuck this. I don't remember the exact reasons why, but he essentially rebelled against the crown and um, he got smashed. And it's funny because it was always a source of contention with Theon in the books. Theon, even though he was a war, in, so what happens is they put down the rebellion and then they're like, give us one of your sons. I think because all his other sons died in the fight. And I think Tyrion makes mention of that. Yeah, because Yara is the only, if right. Yara is suddenly the leader, then obviously. Right, of course. So he says, give me your son. You'll, you'll become a warden of the Starks, which is almost a way to ensure loyalty, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and even though he was amongst the Starks and he does consider himself a Stark, like you're saying, there was always that part of him, that very complicated part of him as a boy where he was like, but I, I loved, I love my people. Like I love my father. He wanted his father to love him when he went back to the Iron Islands. And he, he, Tyrion, you know, uh, Theon was always saying, oh, we were so vastly outnumbered. And Tyrion's like, well, then your rebellion is kind of dumb. And and that hurt Theon because there was a part of him which had pride in his family. And I I think probably one of their greatest victories was they sank, um, they burned the whole fucking Lannister fleet in port, which is cool. Like they had like a little raid mission and they just torched all of the Lannister ships. And um, so there's this weird source of pride, but then Ned was nothing but good to him. And he taught him and he, and he raised him and, you know, maybe even loved him on in some level. So it's you don't like, think Ned loved Theon? <clears throat> I do. No. Yeah. in in a different way, kind of like, kind of like in a different way, like not like his actual kids, you know what I'm saying? But I'm sure he did. My point is Theon is a complicated character with many complicated emotions and he's been through a lot of crazy shit. And one of the standout parts of this is, despite all of that, is in this, I have to credit, I have to credit, um, what's, what's Danny's name again? The actress, Jesus Christ, Emilia Clark. Um, Emilia Clark. Emilia Clark. Emilia Clark has this really great reaction 
to watching Theon, who could have gone to the Iron Islands, come to Winterfell, pledge his life to Sansa. To Sansa. And this is another moment where Danny's like, unbelievable. Look at the loyalty here. And that's what I mean. We're not getting these reaction shots on Danny accidentally. Mm-hmm. I think the showrunners are trying to say this is something that she finds utterly remarkable, right? It is, it's, it is, it, there's no word, there's no oath like there is with Grey Worm that commits Theon to being with Sansa. He has, he feels like he needs to. And yes, that says a lot about Theon, most of all, but it also says something about Sansa in the North as well, and this loyalty that's been inspired. And it almost perplexes Danny. And maybe I'm reading into that, but I almost feel like she's like, Wow, you why didn't you go to the Iron Islands? Yeah. And she's like, You fucking came here she to understand. die fighting the whites? That's crazy. Um, Danny C in the chat says that uh, Theon and John are two sides of the same coin, outsiders who wanted so badly to be Starks. Um, and says, and they when they both had the chance to leave, they didn't. They went back to Winterfell. Good shit. And it's the truth. Good shit. Succinctly um, stated, Danny. When Theon dies next week, protecting Bran, um, I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Guys. I'm going to cry. All right. That like was selling soup. I don't really care about this part. By the way, <laughs> can we talk about the next scene? <laughs> Davos selling soup? Dude, the best part of this, this shit. This is probably one of the biggest, the only wasted scenes. No, episode, this actually. is why it's so brilliant. Ready? I'm going to flip you. Okay. I don't Ready? think so. Here it is. <laughs> Davos got in so much trouble with Stannis for smuggling that not only did he get his fingers chopped off, but he's still working off his fucking community service hours by serving food at the soup kitchen. That's what's happening right here. Davos is literally serving soup. Dude, you're the onion knight. Who's the other lady next to him? That lady should be serving the soup, not Davos Seaworth. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Davos shouldn't be here. But I guess he's got to work off that old debt. Yeah. This is probably the only wasted scene of the episode for me that was pretty pointless. The little girl like, I want to fight. My brother's fought. And they're like, no, protect us in the crypt. Yeah, then later he said, Sam should protect you in the crypt. So we get it. The people you don't think that can fight, you say, oh, come help us in the crypt. We're all going to die in the crypt anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, sorry. This this to me was like the worst scene of the episode. And I like Davos. But it seemed pointless to me overall. Okay. Pointless. Yeah. Got it. Um. So the there's a push in how everyone's going to be in the crypts because it's so safe, so safe. Now I'm certain everyone's going to die in the crypts. That's so I know. And everyone says call back to Stance's daughter. Yeah, I know the girl reminded me of Stance's daughter. I get it, I get it, but still, that's really what it was mostly about. I think I think the crypt thing. (sighs) They make it too obvious. Yeah, it could be a red herring. I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see. I feel like it's a little too obvious at this point. I felt bad too because I'm like, wow, Gilly got really fat. I like shit talked her hard, but she's pregnant. Yeah, you were fat shaming her. I mean, her face is really chubby. She's cute though. <laughs> Tall, uh, the, the the boys come back. The Northerners come back. Yeah, cool music, friends. by the way. Like this part. Uh, by the way, Beric Dundaren's like, we don't hug. I, uh, Everyone hugs except Beric. Again, a man after my own heart. I don't want to hug either, Beric. It's fine. I'm with you, bud. I still can't get past his voice. He's got the best voice in the show. Beric Dondarrion? Yes. It purrs. You should do but, audio books. It's pretty good, but there's a, there's a, there's a purring quality to Beric's voice that really gets me. Beric does have a great voice. Glad to see Tormund back. Always like Tormund. Good comic relief. Good character. We love him. Um, happy to see our, our Night's Watch uh, people reunited. Yep. 
This was uh, this kind of reminded me th- these next couple of moments where it's almost like a voiceover as uh, as we see people gearing up, getting ready. Mm-hmm. It, it almost reminded me of a of an homage to the the two towers, which was the moments before the orcs are going to come after. What can men do against such mm-hmm. reckless hate? And uh, the moment where Greemer's like, there is but one spot, right? There's, the, it just had that feeling to it to me. It reminded me of this homage, and I just thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, planning, planning, yes, I like the planning thing. What else you got to say about it? Um, I, I just like seeing the discussion amongst everybody, and you know, everybody. I don't know, like they're all together trying to figure out how to do the same thing. All of our people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, you see people <laughs> stepping up and saying things that you wouldn't think so. Like, again, Sam. Like, think about where Sam has been and where he's come from, which, of course, he's going to remind us of in the beginning. But this is awesome. It's cool to see Sam standing amongst these, like, just such, such, I mean, storied people. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this room is like a fucking legend. And then Sam, and, and this is a credit, I think his name is Brown Bradley, right? This is a credit to the actor who, yeah, he's who gets lines, man. Like you're in this room with all these great people and you get to do some lines and it's awesome. And he's talking about that's what it is when we get erased from memory. Oblivion, he's basically describing. And your memories don't come from books. Your stories aren't just stories. If I wanted to erase the world of men, I would come after you, he says to Bran. And Bran's like, ugh. But that's when he reveals the mark. Um. Also, I just wanted to just say this one thing. Um, Big A, 360 in the chat. Do you think Sam is retelling the story? I. That's one of the things we said last season. I said I could see him being the one who tells this tale someday. The, Sam's one of my definite lives for this yeah. show. Yeah. For, for that reason alone. Which means you're not down, you're down on the crypt or he survives uh, the he's crypt? He's going to somehow survive the crypt. Okay. I, I, I don't think you can. I just, I can't see Sam. Getting, I see Gilly getting killed for sure. Not Sam. There you go. So. He's Frodo writing the book, Keith says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I, I've, that's one of the things we've talked about before, being the Grand Maester of the new place and everything goes down and he writes about it and we can go forward in time or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I don't think he's going to get away without doing some fighting if the crypt does get attacked or if he sallies forth from the crypt, who knows what he's going to do. Um, also, bad leadership 101. Tyrion is a proud man. Tyrion is a Lannister. Tyrion comes from the stock of great men. Whether or not you like them, you can't deny Tywin's effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Don't tell him in front of all of these assembled legends that he can't fight and he will go in the crypt with the women and children. Oh, I know. That's This is really, really... It's borderline bad writing. It's It's really goofy. This is a really bad thing to do from a leadership perspective. This is what you do. You pull him aside later and you convince him. Don't make a show of it. Sansa, like, well, Sansa did openly disagree with John in court, but this is bad leadership to me. You don't do this. But she's trying to do what Jorah told her to do. I understand also, that. which is crazy. But, but, but Jorah's probably like, that's not what I meant. You ding dong. Pull him aside after the troops break. Don't do it in front of everyone. Trevor's like, this is embarrassing. God, have this I, isn't what I want. Have I taught you nothing? <laughs> Fucking heart's bane in her heart. I would. That's it. Heart's bane. I can't think of anything. Heart's bane. I can't think of anything sexier. 
<laughs> than George Hill and Danny. Okay. Oh, you know who God. would do this? Do you know who would do this? Yes, a, tr- a trash queen would do this. Yeah. A garbage person. She's so garbage. <laughs> Keeping all the chats in it's almost like she's yeah. <laughs> It's a trash move. Oh my god, I love that we're like so high on Danny as trash and garbage. It's so mean. Enjoy the rest of the season, guys, because <laughs> these jokes are gonna keep on coming. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Have oh I taught you god. nothing? Oh, Jora. Maybe well, if I put on this piss yellow tunic, you'll boyfriend. You'll listen to me like you used to. Before that Ray LaMontagne-looking fellow. Yeah, what happened to him again? I was thinking about him today. I'm like, I don't remember. He died of the pox. No, but like, <laughs> isn't that funny? Like, we had stupid Dario for so long. We're like, oh, fucking Dario. And I literally, I started to watch this episode and I thought, I don't remember what happened to him. Like, I literally don't even remember. He was such a waste of my time. Yeah. Uh, Miss Kara says, damn it, Heartspan. I said Dragonspan. Yeah, but Heartspan has such a poetic ring to it. Heartsbane. Jorah driving Heartsbane through Danny's heart would be just, yeah. I mean. I loved you, Khaleesi. I would, t- oh. I would take three days off from work. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He, um, oh, he was left in charge of Essos. Okay. But you know what? He was left behind is the point here. He's he was in, also trash. He was left in Essos, which means Essos is pretty fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Dario, the great leader of... Of uh, kingdoms. He's he's trash too, honestly. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you guys. He's also trash. Anyway, they're going to post Bran up in the godswood. Yeah, which, um, whatever. And I like when Theon's like, I will protect him, which is, uh, you know, I like, again, some good Theon here, which we like. We like good Theon. Um, It it makes sense. And I like that Bran is like, yeah, I like to use it. John's like, we're going to put you in the crypt. And Bran's like, no, stupid. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with you, John? You're supposed to be the older brother. Oh, wait, you're not. Zing. I obviously have to be bait. Um, Bran, so the thing I like about this is when Bran doesn't know, they're like, Arya, I think, says, is it, will dragons firework? And he's like, I don't know. No one's ever tried. I like that. I like that. It means, I, I think a lot of people think Bran knows many, many things, and I think he does, because he's a three-eyed raven, but he doesn't know everything. And I like that he's not sure about that, and he says as much. He's like, no one's ever tried. And that's interesting. I like that. I like there being knowledge that he does not have. We have to remember, too, that the Night King was defeated once before, but how is lost to time? I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any lore written that explains how, because I think it would kind of spoil (laughs) this ending. But I know he was vanquished once before, or they made a deal with him or something like that. I don't remember exactly what the books say. I know the books don't really get into it as much, but- he was stopped before by a Stark and Bran the Builder or somebody. I don't remember fucking who it was, but but Bran the Builder. No, no, no. That's the guy who made the wall. But this, but there were Starks involved um, way back a hundred million years ago. I don't remember the exact details as to how, and I don't think they're actually written. But we know it's possible. So we don't know if it's with fire though, because Bran doesn't know. He was stopped by Winter, the Great Other, entombed below Winterfell. Can you give me a source on that, Dave? Thirty-five, thirty-three. Um, anywho, yeah, anywho, let's um, everyone needs to go get some sleep. They say, update, yeah, ain't nobody sleeping ain't tonight, nobody sleeping okay? Tonight. Except, like, is there anybody we like didn't see? Like, I feel like I didn't see Varys, is he like taking a nap? <laughs> um, I liked the, I actually liked the scene between Grey, Grey Worm and Miss Sandy. Oh my god, so did I. It's good, and, and I it, can't stand them. And it highlights, I it highlights one of the things I was trying to say about him just being like, I'm done. 
I'm done fighting for white lady. Can't blame him. I, I like, you know, he's like, we came here. Everyone hates us here. This isn't where we belong. We don't want to end our lives here. We want to have good, full lives about us and not about other people. And I don't care about this romance because neither of these characters are super important to me as far as the show is concerned. And Gregorm's going to die next week anyway. Um, but I like this scene. This is probably the only scene between the two of them I've ever liked it in was this good. show. It, was, good it was really good. Yeah, I liked it. And um, yeah, I like it. They're, they're so uprooted. Like, think about, think about where they are for just a second. You know what's interesting? They're the only voices... They, they, this is really cool, actually. Now I'm thinking about this. Grey Worm and Miss Sandy are the only voices of people that came with Danny that we care about that aren't of Westeros. And we see them being like, we don't fucking care. We don't want to be here. We want to, he's like, I want to fulfill my debt and kind of be done with it. You know, every other, like Jorah was over there. He's, he's of the Seven Kingdoms. He's from fucking Bear Island. Yeah, he is. Right? These, these guys came from Essos and they're like, we're strangers in a strange land here. We don't, this is not our home. And they make it clear because everyone's like, wow, you guys look different than us. And that's how people are. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good litmus test for everyone, how, how everyone must feel. Like, I think this scene not only helps us understand these two characters, but it also helps us understand everybody who's followed Danny, everybody who's followed Danny over here, which is the Dothraki and all of the Unsullied. And um, yeah, man, it's pretty wild to think about. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing all our final goodbyes. Yep. We're doing around the clocks. We did. We did our first one. Great Worm, Masande. Goodbye. They make out later. Yep, they do. Which is fine. I don't care. Yep. It's fine. If you if you make out in a voiceover with the credits at the end, it reminds me of like the end of an episode of Lost, like on the first season where like Hurley had like the um uh, Oh yeah, I the, remember. The cassette tape. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. Oh. <laughs> but at the end of every episode they they do our little look ins on all the characters and play the music over, and that's basically what they did here. Indeed. Yeah, the end is cool with that that little uh, voiceover stuff. Um, Night's Watch reunion is nice. Real cute. They're real funny. Making fun of Sam. I like it. Yep. Some um, things never changed, but Sam's quick on his feet. He's he's grown. Our boy's grown. Little Sammy. Um, but this is, see, this is a moment where, you know, John could have said to Sam, oh, that reminds me. Thanks, Danny. Sam, you can go in the crypts too, right? He doesn't do that. I know he's kind of reefs. I know he doesn't. Yeah, why does he kill Reeves? He doesn't do that. He waits till he's among a friend and Ed and the three of them are up there and he just says, hey, you can go below. It's cool. If you want, we won't be mad. Also, remember when I showed Ghost for like two minutes and I literally was so excited. I was like, Ghost. And like every single person I was like talking to during the episode, I like texted and like wrote like Ghost in all caps. Like if Erin Fallon's still in the chat, she'll tell you. She was like, you're ahead of me. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and then only show him for like literally 2.5 seconds and he looks so small. Know why? Because they blew their budget on their fucking romance dragon scene that made me want to kill myself. There you go. All right. Moving on. Anyway, they recall their forgotten friends. And then we get to, um, you know, when we think back to when Tyrion was jailed and Jamie would visit him, mm-hmm. that was some great shit. Yep. And we get to see it again. It's night. Jamie, Jamie and Tyrion just, just go well together, right? They do. They just always do a great job. Always do a great job. And uh, I'll always remember it going back to that stuff when he was visiting him, when he was. Yeah, they had fantastic fantastic um the dude crushing bugs remember that whole thing yeah they 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 really 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 did a good job um and and this was a good scene between them the way they talk to each other is good um and then we slowly start to bring in our other groupings of characters until we have the strangest but awesomest group 
Honestly. It's it's fantastic. We got Johnny uh, Johnny Butters, I believe, in the chat. He says, Keith, I missed you. And it made me think. I didn't miss Keith, honestly. Keith is is basically like, it's like Easter for trolls. It's like Jesus coming back for the trolls. Everyone's like, oh, we're, everyone thinks they're a good troll. And then Keith's like, you guys are fucking amateurs compared to me. He's just already made fun of me like 10 times in the chat. And I've just had to ignore it and let it go. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what he does. But, um, yeah, this is good stuff. But yeah, it is. It's like, it is. It's like the, he's the, it's like Jesus has returned for, for the trolls. Oh my it's God. like don't, Easter. Don't feed his ego. <laughs> don't feed it. That's how you control him. Trust me. Oh my God. Right. There you go. But, um, fireplace stuff. All our besties are in here. A couple of my boyfriends. Yep. Um, is there any, obviously some of the dialogue highlights here we probably should talk about is of course Tormund's uh, birth origins, which are pretty interesting. He was basically doing uh, that giant growth hormone. <laughs> Tormund is like comic relief, um, but it's in a good way. It doesn't feel forced. It, like I like I like Tormund's comic relief in these episodes because I like Tormund as a character, and he's there's just something about him where I'm never like, okay, they got to throw in this funny part now because mm-hmm. they got to lighten the mood. It just works. For me, personally. I like Torment. Right. He's definitely a boyfriend, for sure. Yeah. It, oh, minus the milk thing, which really freaked me the fuck out. Would you? Like, I was, when he said she thought I was her baby, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is about to happen? I thought it, I, I don't even know who wrote this shit. Like, he, go, he goes, I thought it was my baby. <laughs> she thought, uh, she thought I was her baby, and I think it was Lisa Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> she likes having people too old to suckling at her tits. Yeah. Oh, Scott Cadaver says he's the only wildling in the group, so he's less inhibited. And that's correct. It's a great point. It just it makes sense of his character. He is a wildling with all these knights and hands of the queen. <laughs> and, you know, it, he's going to talk like he talks. And it's just, it's so good. Yeah. It's great. I love him. Yeah. Love him. It's good stuff. Love him. Um, a, a fitting, uh, a fitting Arya in Hound moment. Yeah, I like, I like the moment between the two of them. I like that she goes to see him. <laughs> you know what this reminded me of, kind of, because she bangs Gendry right after this. It reminded me of like, like a weird Thanksgiving moment where like she's going to see her relatives and then she sits at like the adult table for a minute and she's like, "Well, this is boring," and then she kind of <laughs> wanders away to go find the cute boy at Thanksgiving. That hopefully isn't her relative. It's 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 also funny, just the way the hound interacts with her um, when he's like, "Why are you talking?" He used to talk all the time, and she's like, oh, "I've changed." It, he he is an affection for Arya from their time together, and I, I the actor who plays the hound is so good. Rory I know that that's all I say is like how good all these actors are, but they are so good. He does such a good job of not, trying to not show that he has this affection for her. But not being able to help it in a way. It's just, it's just, it's great. He does it in his way. I love it. I love it. I love the hound. I love that they got to have this moment. And when he says that he fought for her, mm-hmm. I think that that was, and you know, then they get interrupted. We don't dwell on that moment. We right. just get that one line. And I think that that's perfect. Yeah. Yep. The hound is my boyfriend. The hound's my boyfriend too. So is Beric Dondarrion, actually. They're both boyfriends of mine. Um, serial killing. My new friend in the down chat. in the crypts or wherever the fuck they not in the crypts but wherever they're gonna bang yeah we're there i think they're just banging in the shop yeah like she goes to visit him at work she's like you go back room such a gendry move just banging, banging, the banging near the anvil 
I just like when she asks him how many women he's banged. I'm like, oh, all right. That's where this is going, huh? Three. And she's like, <laughs> she's like real aggressive. Yeah. Throws you him down, bangs her. I think we covered this at the top. Yeah, they bone. Yeah. She wanted a D. Wanted, and you know what? She's 18. She can have that. She okay? wanted a D from the G. She got it. Yeah. Grab him and take him. Let her do it. Okay. Maisie Williams can do whatever she wants. Uh, right after this, though, really is what you were saying at the beginning of the pod, which is that pre-battle, we all are just sitting by this fire contemplating our impending death. We're all doing different things. That's what it is. You know, the Hound and Barrick out there drinking together, and Ari is like, I'm going to go get the D. And they're like, let's just sit around the fire and, uh, you know, kind of talk and maybe drink and maybe sing a song. And maybe we're going to night Brienne as she sits between the two men that she probably will have a threesome with later. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, it's funny. But, um, yeah, it's um, Brienne just kind of saying, you know, we're all going to, well, well, I think Tyrion's like, we're all going to die. She's like, we're going to die with honor. And um, that's when Tyrion has this, I think we might live moment. And they all laugh. I love it. What do you think of it? I, I think he's serious. I don't necessarily know how serious he is, but I know that this this pump up of of, of what's going to happen, I think... Even he's like, he's like, I think we'll live. And like, here's why. Look at how many times we've lived before. I don't know how much he believes it, but I, I like that he says this. I like that he sits and he's like, look at all the things that you all have done. Look at we have what we have done up to this point. Let's not give up now. Mm-hmm. I like this. Pump them up. You know, look at these battles. Look what you fought. Look what you did. Right. And then again. By the, the way, the one person who tempers those expectations is Jamie by saying I was defeated that whispering wood right and, yeah that's that's how jamie is i feel um yeah. and again we still get the tormans you know being a wildling and being the voice of the people in a way where he's like what do you mean she's not a sir why isn't she a knight like mm-hmm. he legitimately doesn't understand why bran is not a knight and then he's like this is stupid and then he tries to romance her and jamie's like oh, let me take your romance and let me one up that shit torment <laughs> pause please um, they're saying that Tyrion just got done talking to Bran before this, right? I know. And There's a lot of focus being put on this discussion that perhaps Bran revealed secret information to Tyrion. But my thought is, is why would Bran only reveal it to Tyrion? Maybe what? there's a reason. We don't know. That's the thing. Mm, we don't know. We're going to find out one day though. I know there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are looking into that moment. This I want to hear about your journey. And he's like, well, it's pretty long. And he says, well, if only we could get out of, if, if only we were trapped in a castle or something like that. Yes. And my assumption was he just kind of tells him because he's talking about the journey in question that we've seen Brand take. Um, I didn't, I didn't read into it as much as some other people. I'm not saying they're wrong or it's incorrect to assume that, but. Um, just because they don't show the discussion. I find it. And I Which would be what? Watching the first seven seasons? No, but. You know what I'm saying? I don't, but, I'm not being an but asshole, the, but I kind of am. The fact that that scene is there, like, is it really just there for no reason? That's fair. Why that's show all. it at all? Yeah. Yeah, that's Cause, fair. Because why show it at all? Yep. I don't see any reason. If it's just like, oh, he's going to tell the story of the seven seasons, like, that to me is not, there's no reason for that scene unless there's something important that Tyrion was told. Yeah. Let's have a listen to the knighting ceremony, shall we? Oh, sure. And pop this on for the listeners because I think this would be cool. In the name of the warrior, I charge you to be brave. In the name of the father, I charge you to be just. In the name of the mother, 
I charge you to defend the innocent. Arise, Brienne of Tarth, a knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Pretty awesome. It's great. It's a really, really good scene. Great music, too. God. Really good music. Yep. So good. They all clap. Of course, uh... Tormund's so happy. Tyrion gives her a, here, here. Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, exclamation point. I love it. Yep. And I'll love him more when I'm crying over her dead body next week. <laughs> smoldering voice <laughs> it's great this i mean this is obviously the scene of the episode yeah it's incredible this is this is the 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 highlight of everything yeah i mean her face says it all doesn't it yeah she's a great actress too i can't i mean i don't know what to say obviously the cast is one of the reasons the show's so successful right oh for sure 100 percent. oh it's so good the smile oh it's so good yeah I love it. I love it. I just, it's, it's such a good moment. And, and again, it's, you know, it's funny when you think about, about a lot too. Well, when you think, but that's the episode, right? I think when you think about this and, and I think we were talking about this at the time we were watching it, but there's nobody in that room who has been more sort of the, the most romantic embrace of the tenants of knighthood than Brienne. Like they've all been bastards. Everyone in that room has been a bastard on some in some way, shape, or form. Maybe least of all, probably Davos, but then Brienne, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, every other person who Jamie himself has done bad things. We know this. You could say if you were to take the perfect Arthurian knight, you would say it's got to be Brienne. What what has she done? For sure. To to what has she done to dishonor herself? What has she done to break any of her vows? She never has. And that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. She's been very loyal. Yep. The most. Um, this is where Sam gives uh, Jorah heartsbane to put in his heart, the heart um, of his one queen thing. I, I like this. I like... Um, Your father taught him how to be a man. That's a great line. We miss the old bear, J.R. Mormont. And, you know, obviously Jorah didn't have a close relationship with him. Um, but it's a... Um, this is a nice moment between the two of them. Um, and we know Sam um, already has saved Jorah's life once. And I don't know. Is the sword going to save Jorah's life? Probably fucking not. Jorah's probably going to die. But you know what? We love Sam for doing it anyway. Yeah. They, they're they in the chat. They reminded me that Podrick's been good. Of course, he's still very young. But yeah, absolutely. Oh, as a knight? Yeah. I mean, we just forget him. I don't think he's a knight yet either. I think he's just considered a squire. Um, in the scene with Liana Mormont, people are saying, Lincoln, yes, it was cute about Liana. She's going to fight for the people and Jorah wants to protect her because he wants someone to still, you know, be ruling Bear Island. But that's the 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 concept of this episode is people trying to protect somebody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Everyone's got someone they're trying to protect that they don't want to be in the battle. I'll tell you, I wasn't sure. We I speculated that I, it might not be a good reunion, Jorah and, and, and her, because of the charges against Jorah. I didn't know. I, I wasn't sure. I knew they were cousins, but I I wasn't sure how she was going to take it. I was like, I wonder if they're kind of mad at him for what he did. But maybe they maybe they didn't really agree with Ned's decision on Jorah. And I also think that Liana is a bit of her own person. And I also think that Liana wants to do what is right for the North, you know, yeah. and knows that whatever the, the stuff against Jorah is doesn't matter. Yeah. If yeah. That makes sense. I think that makes sense. So... We should probably listen to a beautiful song next. Yes, I love this. This is so good. Um, 
Let's see. Let me grab the uh, volume once again, and uh, let's listen to our boy. High in the holes of the kings who are gone, Jenny would dance with her ghosts. The ones she had lost and the ones she had found and the ones who had loved her the most The ones who'd been gone for so very long She couldn't remember their names They spun her around on the damp old stones Spun away all her sorrow and pain And she never wanted to leave Never wanted to leave Never wanted to leave Never wanted to leave Nice. Very nice. It's fantastic. Um... Jenny's songs. Uh, this is Jenny of Old Stones. I know that some of this lyrics was added for the show, but Jenny of Old Stones. There's kind of a kind of there's kind of cool lore out there if you want to look it up on a wiki of Ice and Fire. Um, it is it is mentioned in the books, and it's kind of neat. So I don't I don't want to get too crazy into it here. But it's called Jenny's Song, a sad song that was always requested by the ghost of High Heart as payment in exchange for telling the Brotherhood Without Banners of her prophetic dreams. It's presumably about Jenny of Old Stones, who, according to the tales, was acquainted with a wood witch. Um, this goes a little deeper, as Jenny of Old Stones was married to a Targaryen, Duncan Targaryen, of course, which is kind of neat. So there's all these little interesting connections here. I know somebody wrote a piece about it, kind of saying that. Duncan gave up his right to the throne to be with Jenny of Old Stones, thus paving the way for Jaehaerys to become, um, to sit on the Iron Throne, which paved the way for the Mad King, which is kind of interesting. So if it wasn't for Duncan's love of Jenny of Old Stones, you could argue that Jaehaerys never sits the throne because Duncan was older. And thus that means Jaehaerys' son, Ares II, never sits on the throne, which is kind of interesting as well. Um, but there's, um, there's a lot of moments in the book regarding the Jenny of Old Stones stuff, which is really neat. Um, but I highly recommend checking it out. In Storm of Swords, the Ghost of High Heart requests that Tom of Seven Streams sing the song, while at Old Stones, Rob Stark recalls a song about Jenny, and it goes on and on. I'm not going to get too much further into it for fear of uh, boring people who are not interested in that, but it's pretty cool. I thought it was kind of neat and uh, a good choice, and I'm, and I'm sure they added some lyrics here, but... Yeah, I think the first verse was in the book and not the rest. I think Is so. That correct? I, I think- remember seeing the verse in the book, but I don't remember the verse. Just that it yeah. was familiar to me. But um, yeah, so John drops a bomb. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I'm glad that this happened on this episode. Me too. They shouldn't have held on. I'm glad they didn't hold on beyond this this week. Me too. This is perfect. It's a, it's a great end to the episode, honestly. Yes. Like it, it, it's, it, it's perfect to have this, <laughs> like this moment. Like, I, I don't know. It's so good because Danny reacts Exactly how we all fucking expected that bitch to react, doesn't she? Which isn't, oh my God, I had sex with my nephew, but more, I don't have a claim on the Iron Throne. Or, oh my God, <laughs> this changes. It, it, all she cares about is the fucking throne. Know why? Because she's fucking garbage. Trash. She's a trash queen. <gasps> well, he tells her, 
I don't know what that means. I don't know how that means this is going to end, but uh, it's, well. a, it's pretty to... devastating news for her to hear. Because she's a bitch. It's true, Dunne. Who gives a shit again? Sorry, I get really mad. Sorry. Also, um, don't these don't these White Walkers just have the nicest hair? How can they fight with that hair? That beautiful, long, flowing. You know what hair? is my worst favorite thing? When people with long hair battle and don't put their hair in a ponytail. Okay, <laughs> no, no. Don't oh, worry, the, no. the whites don't care. Don't you? Don't come at me. Okay, this is a true thing. It really bothers me when I saw Captain Marvel. That was my biggest complaint about that entire movie. Okay, mm-hmm. um, ask Aaron Fallon because every time I I like that movie too but every time she was fighting somebody and her hair was down it does not work you put your hair in a ponytail if you have long hair and you want to fight it's true including these night people they should also have their hair in ponytails more God. importantly do you think Tyrion knows the truth between um, Jon Snow and, and um, I don't know remember that time where he was creeping on when they were banging last season well, um, well you, we all were talking about how he spoke with Bran yeah so oh he definitely knows yeah do you think he does? Oh, That's sure. what I'm asking you. Yeah, I'm sure Burton told him that in addition to whatever other stuff he told him. I'll tell you, though, that white lineup looks pretty awesome as they look out on Winterfell. Yeah, I don't see the Night King, though. We yeah. all know where he's going, guys. Oh, my God. This again? We all know where he's going. It's possible he might flank them or hit them hard from the other side. If Bran's in the Godwoods, he could be circling around the castle on this dragon. If you say so. What do you think? He's going down the fucking Dorne to get killed again? Think. <laughs> <laughs> they love killing dragons in Dorne. Where the fuck are the Dornishmen? They're busy. They're not interested in this life. Damn it. Well, we have listener comments uh, out the wazoo, so we're going to have to pick and choose here. Okay. Um, There's way too many. I will start with... I have have stuff this week. Oh, you did your homework. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause. Oh, wow. How about that, huh? All right. Well, go ahead. You start. I'm going to read a comment from David Earl. What's up, David Earl? Um, This episode is exactly what it needed to be leading into the final push. It reminded me of how much I love these characters and their journeys. It put us emotionally in a place to be destroyed next week. My stomach was in knots during the episode. There are so many characters I love. I have no idea who will survive. I felt as the characters felt. Scared, excited, focused, accepting death while fighting for each breath of life. I love this episode so much, but it definitely needs to be watched in a partnership with next week. Hmm. I think Um, that is a great comment. Should we cover the... um the, the, the sub 60, 60 thread reply of fight between Nathan and John regarding, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't, wait, what was the fight about? I didn't even know this. I didn't even get that far. <laughs> I'm just breaking their balls because I know they're both in the chat and they both know that I love them. I'm just teasing. Wait, what were they fighting about? Can you just give me a- No, it's too much a, to get into. Are you kidding me? Can you just me? give me like a basic overview? No, I can't. Oh my God. Can someone so, just message me I'm going to read, please? can I read a comment now? Yes. See if you can, let's see if you can not talk during it. I, I, let's see if you can do that. I'm just going to push my mic away from my face. <laughs> I'm very confused, says Stephanie Vaughn, about why Daenerys would not execute Jamie without any explanation of her father trying to burn King's Landing. Brynn's trust in Jamie is rewarding to the audience, but no one else in the room. Brienne means nothing to Daenerys. Having just been betrayed by a Lannister, it's pretty unbelievable that she would put herself at risk. And more than that, it makes no sense. Daenerys is about to fire Tyrion for recommending she trusts Cersei. Then she turns around and trusts Jaime right in the middle of all that. I would have loved to see the reaction of everyone to the story of the wildfire, especially since Tyrion has seen it. Also, everyone in that crypt is toast. I believe that because such a big deal was made about them burned girl Sam and Tyrion and their decisions to go below. Um... It's not a bad comment, but I think Daenerys finds herself in a difficult position. She's in Winterfell. 
She's trying to create a relationship with Sansa. Sansa 100% believes Brienne. And sometimes when you are a leader, you have to trust the opinions of other people around you if they vouch for other people. Obviously, you have a point, right? I think Stephanie has a point here because of Danny. The treachery of the Lannisters is now quite known to her. But I think you're in a you you put yourself in a difficult position. I don't I don't think she to say she trusts to say she trusts Jamie is a is a stretch. She's just not incarcerating Jamie at this point. I'm sure she'll stay far away from Jamie. And I'm sure she's probably got her eye on Jamie, but I think she's also deferring to Sansa in Winterfell and to Brienne of Tarth, whom Sansa seems to trust implicitly. And it doesn't appear Sansa trusts many people, especially Danny <laughs> at this point. So yeah, I think it I don't think it's I don't think it's bad writing, which I which I feel like is being hinted at in the comment. Um because I don't know if not killing Jamie is means I don't in other words, they're not mutually exclusive reasons. It doesn't mean she trusts him. She's just not killing him, mm-hmm. I guess is my point. Who do you got? I'm going to read a um, brief one from Carlos Freitas. Um, he says, we get a lot of talk about what happens after the war with the White Walkers. I think that the war against the White Walkers ends in episode four. And the last two episodes are the war to decide the Iron Throne. I agree. And I, I like that thought. Um, I like I like the thought that this this battle with the dead, we're actually going to win. This isn't going to be our final battle. It's still going to come back to that one thing that that the show started with, mm-hmm. which is who will sit on that throne. And um, I don't know, it gives me goosebumps a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, 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 the show is going to be ending with Cersei, not with the Night King, right? I hope Cersei's dead. But I'm just saying it's oh. going to end with that conflict over King's Landing and the Iron Throne fate versus the Night King. Unless the Night King just goes and makes Cersei a White Walker. Ooh. How's he going to do that? By going to um, this this King's again. Landing first, and then killing all of them, and then sending them Why? up north. Why? So he has a bigger army. He's going about to get a bigger army right now. Well, I'm right? just saying, okay. I'm just know. saying some theories. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I've heard both theories, and I think they both have merit. I just sometimes think the simpler answer presents itself to me, which is Surprise. you could kill everyone around you and just have a huge army and just yeah. And every every battle you win. Presumably, you have a, their their army becomes your army, right? That's not to say that the Night King's not above slick maneuvering. I think there's there's a very good possibility that he uh, he does some slick maneuvering. Um, I I think there's a reason that the show didn't show the Night King like flying around on his fucking dragon, and it could just be because he's maneuvering around Winterfell a little bit differently. But I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I like the theories, though. I like hearing them. It's fun. That's why we fucking do this, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have to be at each other's throats. So I don't know who's in whose throat. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. that life. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, that's it. I think we're done. What are your final thoughts on this week's episode? Oh, you want to do some more? I think Keith Minogue just called me a trash queen. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> From the trash king to the trash queen. Maybe you He's guys should. You're garbage. Maybe you guys should get married. <laughs> I would murder him immediately. Oh my god. Um, no, I don't have any more comments. I closed out of the comments. But um, God, a lot when, of great discussion. When Go Dora on. dies next week, just just set us out a lot of time for the podcast because I'm gonna have a lot to say in his honor. I, I might just do a whole episode on Dora before I, we even do the regular podcast. I will shout out Lim Tam- Lynn Tamulus who brought up the crypt thing before I think I saw it anywhere else. Yeah, she immediately posted yeah. it back and she texted me about it too, I feel like immediately. So shout out for that if uh, if the crypt smarter. turns out bad. That was a good prediction. Um, and you 
I guess we're good. There's so many. It's most of it is for for their sake. They get the chat. You you guys get to chat with each other and bat around your theories. It's really cool. So I appreciate all of the feedback that you guys are offering. It's 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 amazing. And um, anything else you want to say about this before we go? Um, this was a. I liked this episode. I liked it a lot better than the premiere. I'm really excited about next week. I feel like I, I think about episodes like um like Watchers on the Wall and like Hard Home and. I'm excited for an hour and 20 minutes of that, honestly. Ooh. What's that? I said that, I'm, I'm excited for an episode yeah, like that. Too. Especially an hour and 20 minute one. We're going to watch a movie. We're essentially going to watch a movie tomorrow. I mean, Sunday. I wish it was tomorrow. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I, um, I enjoy the episode. I liked it. I, I, I understand some of, the, uh, some of the annoyance at how much time is left. But a lot of times I feel like when... I feel like sometimes when we go, wow, this episode was such a this, that a lot of times two episodes later, we're kind of forget about that. Like I think in two episodes, and, and I could be wrong, and maybe that's just me because I'm more forgiving, but I don't think I'll think back on week two as a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think I'll be thinking of week four when I'm in week four and I won't be going, oh, this episode could have been better if only they did some of this other stuff early. You know, I don't, I don't really... It's hard without seeing the finished product to make a call as to if time was wasted. The only thing you can say is, is it good or bad? Is it I good or bad it. TV? I was watching it. Yeah, I guess that's what it comes down to, right? You enjoyed it or you or you didn't. Uh, or or you, you were like Arya after Sex and She was like, oh. You're like, I mean, it's cool, but. That, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. God. Then she meets Podrick and she's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is inappropriate. Let's All move right. on. <laughs> We're out of here. You guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you guys for tuning up and uh, tuning up and tuning in. Tuning up and tuning in. And uh, we will uh, we will keep you posted as to where we're recording next week. And uh, that's it. And you guys have a wonderful week. And check us out on the web, liberstreetgeek.net. Yeah, bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.